Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another edition of the CIAC cast. Apologize for my voice this week. The long, crazy weekend of Connecticut championship action seems to have my voice giving out on me a little bit. But we are happy you are with us here for episode number four of the CIAC cast as we start to look ahead to the spring season a little bit, recap some of the things that happened this past weekend, get a few other things going on this week for a little bit quieter edition of the of the podcast, but we've got some interesting stuff for you. So coming up this week, we've got a look back at the Boys Swimming Open, the championship that we didn't hit on last week heading into the weekend. We've also got an interview with Joe DeRing, who is the founder of the Empower Leadership Sports and Adventions Center, who will be talking about an exciting program for coaches that they are holding this weekend. We hope you will consider checking out. And we're going to wrap up with our own CIC executive staffer, Bob Lair, who will tell us about the rise of bowling in the state of Connecticut and the upcoming CIC bowling championship that will be held this weekend. So a few interesting things going on to talk about this week. We're glad you're with us. Let's dive right into our returning segment of Things You Might Have Missed. We look back at some of the things we've talked about here and we've posted on CIACsports.com over the past week in between our podcasts. Obviously, the big thing that you might have missed from this past week was all of the tournament results that have now been finalized. We crowned champions in four boys' basketball tournaments and four girls' basketball tournaments this past weekend at Mohegan Sun as well as one hockey championship, uh, which was completed on Saturday, and then another on Tuesday night. One more still to come, obviously, tonight to close out the winter championship season. But you can find tournament results and lots of them on CIACsports.com either on the Tournament Central page or with a special championship edition of Linked Up or a post that's up that has the quick stats and recaps for all of the championships in one easy-to-find location. So if you're looking for championship information, that's the place to go if you want to relive all of those exciting moments from the Winter Championships. Moving along to the spring, the spring schedules have been posted on CICsports.com as well. So if you are looking to, uh, you're tired of the winter already and ready to look ahead to the spring championship season, you can certainly do that at CICsports.com. We've got all of the schedules for your favorite teams available there, so we hope you check those out as well. Get ready once we stop getting all this unfortunate weather that's rolling through the state. We hope to have some spring championships, some spring competition coming up shortly here in the next few weeks. And this was a little over a week ago, but we didn't have a chance to talk about it last week. The CIAC announcement that the 2013 football championships in the state of Connecticut will now be played at a root field on the campus of Central Connecticut State University in New Britain. We're very excited about that. You can find the release about that on CIACsports.com, and we'll have, hope to have a little bit more of a discussion about that on a future edition of the podcast. So those are the things you might have missed from this past week, and now we're going to quickly dive into our topics for this week, starting with the Boys Swimming Open Championships, which took place this past weekend. And to do that, we reached out to the man who covered that competition for us in Yale this past weekend. So I'm happy to be joined now by Ken Lipschitz, a longtime high school sports writer in the state of Connecticut. You can see his work for the West Hartford News or the Citizens Newspapers, and he was kind enough to cover the Boys Swimming Open for us this past weekend for CICsports.com. So we're happy to have Ken with us. Ken, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. 
So we'll dive right in here, no pun intended, into the uh, the Boys Open Swimming Championships this past weekend at Yale. You were uh, fortunate enough to cover it for us. Um, obviously, the, the big takeaway uh, was the Greenwich Boys team uh, reclaiming its spot, its sort of usual spot atop the Boys Open um, uh, competition. What jumped out at you um, in terms of Greenwich? What what did you see as sort of the keys for them, and and what did you what kind of sense did you get of the competition from their perspective this weekend? Well, Joel, there's no doubt about the fact that depth plays the key role in a team like Greenwich dominating uh, the swim scene uh, on the on uh, in, in Connecticut, and the, the the competition that they that they face. In terms of uh, the next three or four teams on the on the list, which in this case is Fairfield Prep, Pomperog, Brookfield, Wilton, New Canaan, Glastonbury, they are all schools that have incredible depth. And but Greenwich stands obviously first and foremost in the minds of everybody in Connecticut who's followed swimming. Uh, they have a tremendous feeder program. Um, I understand that they have two U.S. swimming you know off season teams that, that feed into the high school. Uh, it's a big town with only one high school. So uh, Greenwich is, is a powerhouse in, in, in as much as they have um, won this tournament 30 times in 42 years that it's run. So that, that's an incredible statistic, probably the most dominating statistic in all of uh, uh, the CIAC uh, championship sports, I, I would think. And and um, so it's depth. It's it, uh, they're real A teams, uh, and and uh, are, are in, indicative of of the depth that they have. And they won two of the real relays outright. And the third one they actually shared with Fairfield Prep. They touched at the exact same time, both breaking the state record. Wow. Yeah. Certainly, uh, as you said, that thirty out of you know forty something is a pretty remarkable uh, run of success. Do you um? I know, however, they, they were coming off uh, a year in which they didn't win it last year. Uh, did you get the sense that there was some renewed uh, focus and uh, determination from that group trying to, uh, to bounce back, which from, for them was uh, you know, a little bit of a surprise not winning it last year? There's, there's absolutely no doubt that what you say there is, is, is true. And it was, it was something that Greenwich coach Terry Lowe um, impressed upon his, uh, his team. Uh, when the season started, that this is this is our spot, and Fairfield Prep was there last year, and let's get it back. And actually, after Fairfield Prep won it all last year, that was two out of the previous three years that Greenwich had not made it, which is uh, unique in, in CIAC annals. So, uh, yes, indeed, there there was a, a motivating factor there, and the kids obviously worked extremely hard to to uh, accomplish what they did and uh, the extent of which is 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 indi- indicated by the uh, 183 points between Greenwich and number 2 Fairfield Prep it wasn't close so it, you're you're exactly right there was a, a motivational factor there and and these kids came up big yeah speaking of that you know obviously with that that team result, did you still how what was the sense uh, from some of the other you know maybe teams in the top couple were they you know despite finishing uh, behind this sort of powerful Greenwich team was there some some satisfaction from some of those uh, other teams maybe in the top two or three or four or five that uh, they were happy uh, despite the the you know coming behind Greenwich happy with the performances they turned in? 
Joel, all the way through from number two Fairfield Prep uh, right on down, I, I uh, had the privilege of talking to some of the kids who swam for Hall of uh, West Hartford, which is twenty, which was twenty fifth, and Connor, which was thirty second. And even when you're talking to the kids who finished eleventh or fifteenth or whatever, what have you, there's a tremendous sense of uh, of um, accomplishment in that they are swimming with the best kids in the state, and just to be there. And what adds to it tremendously is the venue. Sure. Uh, Kippeth Pool at, at Yale is just a stunning uh, piece of architecture uh, within an even more stunning piece of architecture, uh, Payne Whitney Gymnasium, uh, you know, which is just an amazing place. Yeah. And the kids, kids were thrilled to be there. But from a Fairfield Prep standpoint, which finished second, the coach, uh, Rick, Rick Hutchinson, had absolutely no qualms about finishing second. Uh, his accomplishments, his team's accomplishments, no matter where they finished, uh, and of course it was going to be in the top five somewhere, he was very proud and said finishing behind Greenwich is 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 an honor, you know, not even uh, an honor, no less than an honor, you know, because Greenwich is such a dominating factor uh, in in the uh, in the swimming. But Fairfield Prep has uh, held its own over the years and and certainly had an excellent meet as well. Yeah, lot, lots of good uh, performances, and that's, you know, something else we can chat about here. Um, you know, the the nice thing, unlike, you know, maybe a, a basketball game where there's, you know, a winning team and a losing team, with the sports like swimming, you get obviously the team championship, and that, that was Greenwich, but then you also have, you know, the individuals who uh, who – can can come in first or second uh, in each of the different events. So, what were some of the maybe individual uh, results that uh, that jumped out at you, or some of the standout individual results uh, from the course of the day? Maybe not for uh, not for that Greenwich team as they piled up that victory. Well, a couple of things, but the thing that stands out predominantly is uh, Dan Klotz, the senior from Berlin, who not only won two events but completely decimated uh, uh, the, the state record in the 100-yard butterfly uh, it, coming through at 49.34 uh, and uh, the, cutting almost a half a second off of, of uh, the previous record, which when you're talking about 49 seconds, to cut a half second off sure. yeah, is just that's... a remarkable, remarkable performance. And he also uh, won the 200-yard uh, freestyle. And, and Berlin isn't exactly a, a, a Greenwich. Uh, Berlin has only had a team for uh, a decade or so and has really never reached this level before in any aspect of of, uh, of their swim program. And this this young man comes out of the out of the woodwork and and just literally uh, steps right to the forefront of the state open. For the second straight year, no, no less. Yeah. So just a tremendous uh, swimmer. He's going to be uh, headed for Brown University, and uh, so he'll swim at uh, at Yale University uh, again in the future. And I'm sure it'll be foremost in his mind that uh, about his accomplishments uh, at at the Kippeth Pool in the past. And uh, it's really a a real uh, launching spot for him into a, a what we hope will be a wonderful college career. Uh, uh, other than Dan, um, it should be noted that um, Bjorn Davis of Fairfield Prep, um, who won the 100 freestyle, also was uh, on the winning freestyle relay uh, group. 
um, in, which which tied uh, Greenwich in in, in uh, the 200 yard freestyle, tied Greenwich at 124.81, which was a state record, and was on the, the second place uh, Fairfield Prep group that in the 400 freestyle, and then and then Greenwich um, Edward Moss uh, was a 50 yard freestyler was also involved in you know winning a uh, uh, an individual title, as well as uh, taking uh, being involved in, in the relays, um, uh, the 200-yard medley relay, um, with uh, his teammates Alexander Lewis, Ian Edmondson, and Julian Fraser. But, but uh, what really caught my attention too was uh, the 100-yard breaststroke. Which, uh, how unusual is it that the number one swimmer and the number two swimmers are from the same school, and they were one one-hundredth of a second apart. Now, what a tandem that is, and, and that would be Andrew Higgins and Edward Thunem of New Canaan in the 100 breaststroke. New Canaan ended up finishing sixth uh, on the strength of their performance. So that one really caught my eye. That was a shocker that yeah. those two guys would be uh, one-hundredth of a second uh, off uh, each other, um, and, and that, believe me, uh, even a snap of a fingers is longer than that. Yeah, some uh, some spirited competition in the practice pool, I would imagine, if those yeah. two are, uh, are that close to each other. Well, uh, Ken, um, anything else that uh, that jumped out at you from uh, the competition, from talking to uh, the coaches or the athletes, uh, obviously giving us some extensive uh, coverage of the event, and I, I certainly uh, encourage everyone to check out Ken's uh, recap at uh, CIACsports.com. But anything else that really uh, caught your eye at the uh, the championships on Saturday? Well, you know, Joel, uh, n- nothing uh, in particular as far as the, uh, the swimmers or the teams or the coaches were concerned. Um, I had some old friends there. Uh, the Farmington coach, uh, Scott Ferrigno, always does a great job. You know, here's another town like Berlin without a pool. And, and, you know, they're always uh, in the hunt. They did very, very well. But um, the thing that always captivates me at this event is the venue. You know, and I, we, we spoke about it a little bit earlier, but um, it, it's someplace that every sports fan should go, whether you're a swimming fan, whether you're a gymnastics fan, whether you're a basketball fan, any indoor sport. Uh, the Payne Whitney Gym is just an amazing place with a ton of history, uh, ranging right down to a uh, stuffed bulldogs that they uh, that that they preserved uh, over the years. Uh, you know the Yale mascot. You know there's a uh, it's just a beautiful place and and a, and a wonderful place just to visit. You know even if you're not going to a sporting event and but the way that the um, the seating is at at the Kippeth Pool, it's a very steep uh, rise from you know the first row to the last, and it really gave the swimmers a, a, a wonderful. Uh, perspective, a wonderful forum for their uh, for their uh, competition. And the only other thing I, I, I want to bring up, I took a picture of it actually. I don't think I sent it along to you. I should have. But um, a group from Berlin High School stood up before the uh, before the national anthem, and it, and one of the kids played bagpipes and played a song that they would be familiar to you. You know, it's one of those old Scottish songs that you've heard a million times. You know, but Everybody in the place just was quiet, and th- and these and this kid played the bagpipes of all things, and it was just a, it just seemed to fit, you know. It was a great event, and I, I thank the CIAC for allowing me to cover it, and um, I urge people to, you know, go to events like this, not only basketball and football, but also 
uh, events like this because they are exciting and fun to, fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly uh, we're very fortunate to have the kind of uh, partnerships and relationships with places like Yale to let us, uh, let us host our championship events there. And, uh, you know, Wesleyan, which hosted several of the, uh, the class championships in swimming, uh, the past week, certainly the same there. It's, uh, the CIC would uh, would not be able to function without some of these relationships, so we're certainly grateful, and as you said, a wonderful place to uh, to spend a Saturday afternoon and check out uh, some great competition. So, yes. uh, Ken, we uh, we thank you very much for joining us. We thank you for your uh, co- coverage. Again, you can check out uh, Ken's recap and uh, of the meet at CICsports.com. Go to the uh, the Tournament Central link where I've been directing folks uh, for the past few weeks to keep track of all the uh, the chaos of the winter championship season. And I'm sure we'll be uh, speaking to you again here down the road as you uh, continue your great coverage of high school sports in Connecticut. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Excellent conversation there from Ken Lipsches, a man who is, knows about as much a, a history of high school sports in the state of Connecticut as anyone you'll find writing today. So I encourage you to check out his work. It brings a lot of perspective with him whenever he talks about the high school sports scene in the state of Connecticut. Moving along now, we have a little bit of a different uh, thing we're going to do next here on the podcast. We reached out to our good friend Joe Dering, who's a, the founder of the Empower Leadership Sports and Adventure, Adventure Center in Middletown, someone that the CIC has a relationship with, wanted to talk to him about a new program that they are hosting this coming weekend. So here's a conversation with Joe Dering, something that we hope particularly our coaches are going to find find an interesting discussion. Okay, so I'm joined now by Joe Dering, who is, uh, comes to us from the Empower Leadership Sports and Adventure Center, and uh, he's here to talk about a few exciting programs uh, that they've got coming up, one specifically coming up this weekend that we'll get into in a little bit, but uh, this is an organization based in uh, Middletown that does a lot of exciting work with teams and uh, organizations and things like that, and uh, we're happy to have Joe with us today. Joe, how are you? I'm doing well, Joel. Thank you for having me. Sure. So we, uh, as I mentioned, we've we've got a great here at the CIC a great um, great relationship with uh, the Empower Leadership Sports and Adventure Center, uh, pr- primarily on our student activity side. We do a lot of our leadership events, and they sponsor a lot of our leadership events on that side. But Joe, why don't you start us off just by telling us a little bit about who you folks are and and what you do for those who aren't familiar. Sure, sure. Um, Empower Leadership Sports and Adventure Center opened in 2009. Um, I had spent the previous eight years uh, serving in the military as an Army officer. Um, And so we opened in 2009 to essentially turn the pursuit of adventure sports into uh, an intentional leadership development experience for all types of people, from friends and families to school groups, to camps, to corporate teams, and so we wanted to really um, build this leadership development experience, which, you know, our mission is to produce millions of highly effective people, and now uh, we're starting that uh, there in Middletown, and, and we're looking forward to, to working. This is our fifth season already we're going into, so um, we're extremely excited about all of our programs and offerings. Great. So talk, you know, you t- mentioned that history a little bit starting uh, in 2009. How have you sort of grown and, and what were the goals kind of as you got started and, and what are some of, who are some of the folks that you've worked with along the way? Sure, sure. Um, in, in 2009, when we opened, we were pretty much strictly a zipline canopy tour, meaning a, a series of ziplines strung together in the treetops. And we 
um, had built this course that spans uh, about a half a mile or so, um, and we just ran these tours, and we started infusing self-coach, the, the, the ability to coach yourself through challenge, adversity, and fear into each of our Canopy Tour experiences. Well, we found that um, not only was that a popular theme for our, our adventure park, but it was something that people wanted more of, and so we um, continue to add on to the challenges and the high ropes elements that we have on the course, and we just we've developed um, new and different programs that help individuals explore their own abilities to overcome challenge and fear. Uh, we develop programs for teams to be able to work together to do that, um, and so we've we've really designed a, a comprehensive program that incorporates ground-based exercises, low and medium size. Um, adventure elements as well as the high ropes and, and the zipline canopy tour and all of this gets um, put into our programming for turning the pursuit of adventure sports into that intentional leadership development experience. Yeah, sounds absolutely great and I know we've gotten uh, tremendous feedback from the uh the students and teams who have who have been associated and have gone through uh, with your program. So the the thing that we really wanted to try and talk about today uh, is you've got a new program coming up, and it's actually taking place this Sunday, March 24th, um, from 3 to 6 p.m. at your facility in Middletown, and that is the Coaches Legacy Program, which is a, a free sports leadership clinic for uh, for coaches who work with uh, with young adults. So talk a little bit about how did this program specifically originate, and uh, why did you decide to do a program specifically for coaches? Definitely, yeah. In my experience, you know, as a Division One athlete 20 years ago and, and then as a coach and in the military, um, I, I always felt like teaching life skills and leadership it had to be an essential part of developing young people. Uh, unfortunately, as the years have gone by, I feel that that concept has gotten lost in the race to be the best sport team or the best athlete on the field. So this year, our team at Empower has decided to uh, roll out this program with the vision of helping coaches revive the leadership and character development aspects that were once associated with athletics. These life skills that are so critically important to our young people, um, bringing them the opportunity to learn these skills while on the field and, and enjoying the team atmosphere and, and the, the athletics or the, um, you know, whether it's gymnastics, cheerleading, you know, or a conventional sport. Sure. And you can certainly see, uh, I'm sure our folks listening at, uh, listening can understand why this is an organization that the CIAC uh, has partnered with, and this program in particular really fits right in with sort of our mission, which is that the athletics uh, experience should be part of the educational, is, is part of the educational experience for these student-athletes. So what makes, um, I guess, what, what you know, what makes this training course and this program that you're doing something different than what coaches might have be doing otherwise. You know, I know I think there's a lot of opportunities for, you know, seminars or or things like that that coaches could go to. What do you think it is about this program that's particularly going to be different for coaches who maybe have tried some other, you know, kind of leadership things that they've done in the past? Sure. Yeah, well, first and foremost, this is a free clinic. Um so that's important. Second thing is we're providing food, so dinner will be served, and we'll have all of this over dinner, and that's free, too, so that's cool. 
And then uh, the, the most important piece is that this content um, is more about creating leaders and building and helping to build a coach's legacy as somebody who is, emp- is empowering their athletes to learn and grow and mature as capable leaders. Um, you know, these skills will be used for life by the athlete, not just during the season. And so this is not something, not a clinic that's going to be specific to how to swing a bat or throw a ball or um, any of those sorts of things, but more about how to infuse these leadership characteristics into uh, their practices and their games. And so this is an opportunity for coaches to really take back to their teams actual exercises and tools that we are going to provide them to be used in these practices and games throughout their seasons. Um, We believe these tools will help build positive cultures amongst their teams and also build the skills of leadership that will last a lifetime. Yeah, and it's not hard to uh, to hear you speak and, and see, you know, for maybe the coach who thinks, well, you know, I, I don't have that much free time, but it, it it's not too tough to see how that could also translate, you know, ultimately to some of that winning that we know coaches want to do. If you've got, you know, that kind of chemistry and that sort of leadership from your from your athletes, uh, it's not hard to see how that could also translate to uh, to some on field success. I wouldn't think. Absolutely, you know, the, the teams that have um, those extraordinary bonding experiences are typically the teams that can overcome adversity on the court or on the field, the teams that um, have the relationships necessary to withstand all the different challenges that they may encounter on the field throughout a season. And so to be able to provide that for your players throughout the season is certainly valuable in the wins and losses columns. Absolutely. And uh, wins and losses. And then, uh, as you said, I, I really enjoy the, the creating a legacy uh, idea for some of these coaches that, you know, the, the wins and losses will be there, but uh, the impact that the students will have long after they get out of the program is is probably way more valuable. So certainly something that we uh, we are uh, supporting here at the CIAC. So let's uh, one more time, we'll go through the uh, the nitty gritty here. The Creating a Legacy program will be this Sunday, March 24th from 3 to 6 p.m., at the uh, Empower Leadership Sports and Adventure Center in Middletown. What's your address there, Joe? It's 2011 South Main Street in Middletown. Okay, and then if folks want to uh, to sign up, they can RSVP. Uh, you give you a call at 860-638-4754, or you could email joe at leadershipsports.com. Is that, uh, that's all the information we need at this point? That's perfect. Yep. Just uh, give us a call or or shoot me an email and we'll put you on the list and hopefully we'll uh, see everyone at 3 p.m. on Sunday afternoon. And you get a meal out of it as well. So that sounds absolutely great. We uh, we encourage you folks, uh, all of our coaches listening in, to take advantage of this and uh, also check out leadershipsports.com to see what other programs uh, are being offered or or get in touch if you do want to kind of do a... uh, a larger team uh, program there or any of the th- wonderful things that they offer. So really hope that folks take advantage of this uh, this opportunity on Sunday. Joe, appreciate all the, uh, the great work you guys are doing out there, and uh, we thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Joel. Thanks for having me. Great. Great stuff there from our partner, Joe DeRing. Certainly love the uh, relationship that we've been able to build with his, his company there, the Coach's Legacy Program. Again, this weekend, really hope 
let some of our listeners take advantage of that program and and really consider his efforts to try and make uh, the competition in the state of Connecticut a little bit about a little bit more than just the wins and losses. So really interesting stuff there at his program in Middletown. Moving right along, our final topic of the day, now that we've wrapped up our traditional winter championship season for the most part, as I mentioned, still one hockey game to go this evening. I wanted to take a look at a sport that is not yet a CIAC-sponsored official sport yet, but it is a program that the CIAC uh, is taking part in and trying to build up, and that is bowling in the state of Connecticut. Very happy to be partnering with the Connecticut Bowling Proprietors Association in the state to put together the second CIAC Bowling Championships will be taking place this weekend. And to get the skinny on that, along with the state of bowling in uh, Connecticut right now, we reached out and had a little chat with CIAC Executive Staff Person Bob Lair. Chatting now with Bob Lair, the assistant uh executive here at the CIAC and our goaling, our bowling guru and uh, wanted to have him chat a little bit about the uh, the second annual CIAC bowling invitational that's going on this weekend at uh, East in East Haven. Bob, uh, what, what can fans who are looking to uh, looking for some interesting competition this weekend, what are they going to see down at East Haven at the uh, bowling championship? Well, they'll see 32 high school teams, uh, some of which are really good. Uh, at bowling. Last year's uh, bowling tournament where we had 19 teams and was the initial uh, um, time that we offered bowling as an invitational sport. It's not a recognized CIAC sport as you know. It's, it's still essentially a club sport. Uh, but it was very successful last year and we had two teams tie at the end of regulation after they did 10 games. They were tied with a total number of pins so they had to have a roll-off. And uh, that was very exciting. It was uh, just almost like a big-time athletic contest. And hopefully we're going to have the same thing this year. We have some schools that have essentially rookie teams, teams that just came together for this tournament. But we also have some teams that are very experienced. Uh, we noticed there's teams in Fairfield County and the Southwest Conference that bowl in a regular league, and some of them are very seasoned bowlers. Um, so hopefully it's going to be a very exciting contest and it will continue to grow. We know that's happened in other states. For instance, in Ohio, uh, it's, it's a, a very large sport in, in uh, excuse me, Michigan. It's the second largest uh, sport as far as participation goes. It's really a big sport. And in the state of New York, uh, the associate athletic directors uh, in the conference there uh, have told me that that's a standing room only event and they, they charge to get in and people take ladders to the event so they're able to see it's really a big event and I'm kind of hoping that ours gets to that point. Yeah, absolutely. Love to uh, to see that. There will be no admission charge for uh, folks coming this weekend, so if they want to check it out, uh, begins at 10 a.m. on Saturday at the uh, AMF Circle Lanes in, in East Haven, so hope folks will uh, will check that out. You mentioned that uh, bowling, not yet a CIAC officially sponsored sport. It's just an activity uh, at this point that the CIAC is, is trying to get going. What's that process like, uh, Bob, in terms of trying to you know build a sport up uh, to maybe the CIAC level, and, and what are some of the things we're trying to do with that sport uh, going forward? Well, it has been a bit of a challenge. Uh, we have to have 20% of the schools in, that are membership in membership uh, participate in bowling, and that would be 36 to 40 schools. So we're very close to that, and hopefully in another year we'll be at that number. However, we, we picked uh, one of the worst possible times in the last couple of decades to, in, to initiate this process. 
and uh, the problem is that first of all athletic directors have a lot in their plate and, and asking them to, to introduce another sport is, is a challenge. The other part and the, the most significant part is that it's expensive to get a new sport started because you would have to pay a coach, there would have to be transportation, probably bowling fees, although some schools would have the students pay their own bowling fees. Uh, but uh, the, just the state of the economy over the past few years uh, has, has uh, put a lot of schools on notice that they cannot start, they're not permitted to start new sports. And so that's, that's hampered the process a bit. Sure. And, uh, but what, what do we see kind of, you know, obviously the CIAC, our, uh, our endeavor is to, to try to get as many students uh, involved in activities uh, as possible. Is that sort of the, the genesis of this idea that we just think this is a sport that maybe reaches some kids who aren't participating in, in sports currently? Absolutely. Uh, we know that many of the student athletes that bowled last year did not participate in any other sport. And it gave them uh, a, a certain connection to the school. I think anybody that's involved in an athletic program feels a, a different kind of connection oftentimes than student athlete, than students who are not involved in, in a sport or perhaps any other activity. So it gives those students who maybe don't participate in, in a sport or other activities something to hold on to and something uh, uh, kind of a reason for, for being there, so to speak. Uh, we also know that there are a lot of students who are very good athletes uh, who are bowlers and, and also many student athletes that are participating in another sport will be bowling on Saturday. Now one of the unfortunate points about the time or the date that we have this event is that spring sports have already started so it, it essentially precludes anybody that's on a spring sports team, track and field, lacrosse, tennis, baseball or, or a softball or a boys volleyball, it, it precludes them uh, from participating uh, on the bowling team. However, uh, we think there's still enough kids around to do that. So next year, we'll, we'll probably move the date. We'll probably move it uh, to the end of February. We'll have a coaches meeting on Saturday morning at 9.30 a.m. And uh, that's one of the things we'll discuss there, what would be the best time to have this tournament. Sure. And, and not interfere with the different high school leagues that are going on. Yeah, absolutely. And we know we've gotten a, a lot of support from the uh, Connecticut Bowling Proprietors Association. They've been big supporters of this uh, of this endeavor as well. So we certainly thank them for their their efforts and uh, looking forward to a good uh, a good championship on Saturday. It should be a lot of fun, as you mentioned last year, and we've improved to uh, to 32 teams this year. So looking forward to it. Bob, thanks for your uh, your time. Thank you very much. We thank Bob Lair for chatting with us this morning, as well as all of our guests this afternoon. We had Ken Lipschitz talking about the Boys Swimming Open, and of course we had Joe DeRing from Empower Leadership Sports and Adventure Center talking about their great coaching program. Remember, you can check that out this weekend, Creating a Legacy, and you go to it leadershipsports.com to uh, find out more information about that. Encourage everyone to check it out. And of course, Bob Lair discussing the bowling championships. We hope to see some folks at the East Haven lanes this weekend for the bowling event as well. That's going to do it for episode four of the CIAC cast. It occurs to me that I think what we could really use is some intro music. So if we have some enterprising uh, listeners out there who want to uh, maybe put together some, uh, some intro music for our intro and maybe outro music for our podcast, We'd be happy to uh, to receive that. You can reach us uh, and get in touch with us here at the podcast at the at CIACcast at CASCIAC.org. That's a lot of C's in there, but again, it's CIACcast 
at cas.org. So you can send us along a intro or outro music if you want to do that as an MP3. You can just send us an email about things you'd like us to discuss on the podcast or some questions, anything you want to send along. And remember, you can also follow all the latest news at ciacsports.com. Tournament information at CIAC Tournament Central. Follow us on Twitter at CIAC Sports and on Facebook, facebook.com slash CIAC Sports. Thanks for joining us for Episode 4. We hope you're back next week for Episode 5 of the CIAC Cast.